before we open up the Word of God, we actually have a really exciting event. And so if you can just watch the screens one more time, um, a really exciting thing coming up. If you didn't see the guest speaker there is international speaker and prophet Pastor Alex Larson and we've had the privilege of being able through some contacts to actually get him for this weekend and so um, the way you register is through the QR code, um, there is also a, a link through Facebook and we've also just sent you the link via the Hope Point app. And so this is how you register. And so I encourage you, there's one week where there's an early bird discount until next Sunday. The reason why we're doing this is because we've had churches who heard that Alex was coming and they want to be part of this conference. And what we want to do is let you guys know first before we advertise it out there. So there's one week, it's an early bird price of $20 per person. It includes a catered lunch. And it's on Saturday, all the details were there, and we're really believing uh, God to do incredible things in this space of the prophetic. If um, there's kids program as well, so you can register your kids on, on, on the link, and we really want to value you guys, um, of course with a discount, but also so that you can secure a seat in the auditorium. And so um, before we... Next Sunday is the last chance, and then it'll go to the masses. Who's excited? <laughs> We've bought our tickets last night, so. Who's ready to hear the Word of God? At the moment, we're in a series about preparing, preparing about God with what God is going to do. And as you can see up there behind me, it says, prepare the way of the Lord. And as I was thinking this week about preparation, I actually thought, actually, who's ever here that's not been prepared? You've got in a situation and you haven't been prepared. Isn't it crazy that it's like, you don't wake up one morning and say, hey, I'm not going to be prepared. Not being prepared sort of sneaks up on you. It sort of comes and all of a sudden, maybe it's a lack of focus. And all of a sudden, it's like, hey, we're not prepared. And so being prepared is actually a really big deal. Because oftentimes when we're in the season, we often don't have time to prepare unless we're prepared. 
That's clear as mud. If you can turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 19, verse 11. Luke chapter 19, verse 11. We're going to look at our main scripture for this morning is a parable that Jesus spoke, and it's called the parable of the ten miners. Before we get into the text, I want to introduce to you my mate here. This is a, a watermelon. This is not just any watermelon. This is a perfect watermelon. This was handpicked by myself from the market. I took my time because I wanted to get the best watermelon that they had. And actually, this is, this is actually true. Yesterday, when I went and purchased this watermelon, I took it up to the counter, and the, and, and the girl behind the counter, she actually said to me, you have picked a really good watermelon. And she actually tapped it. She said, and I'm going to let you enjoy the, the sound. Do you know what that sounds like? That's the sound of a perfect watermelon. She said to me, you have chosen a really good watermelon. Now, she might say this to all her customers when she sells fruit. I'm not sure, but I'm convinced that I've chosen a, a, a really good watermelon. And how many know that there's nothing better than on a hot day, breaking, cutting this watermelon up and biting into a big piece of sweet, cold, juicy, crisp water, watermelon. There's nothing like it. And this morning, I want us to imagine that the promise that God has over our lives, the fulfillment of that promise is this watermelon. I know that's hard for a moment, but it actually represents this watermelon that's fully mature, fully ripened, in its pristine state, actually represents the promise of God over our lives. It's the fruit of what God has said He's going to do. It's complete. It's ripe. It's mature. There's actually nothing more we could do to this thing than literally break it open and eat and consume the contents of this watermelon. Maybe the promise over your life is that God would take your dysfunction and your addictions and see freedom through the name of Jesus. And freedom from addiction actually represents this watermelon. This watermelon represents freedom from addiction this morning. Maybe you're here and you're like, hey, I've got turmoil in my marriage and I know that God spoke to me about the plans he has for my marriage. I've, I, I've read scriptures. I've had even maybe a prophetic word. I know deep down inside that the Lord has called me to thrive in my marriage. And right now, maybe you're not thriving, but this morning, whatever thriving looks like, that is represented by this whole complete watermelon. Am I making sense? Good. How many know that, and Adrian shared about this last week, that even over Hope Point Church, we've had promises, we've had prophetic words about revival, 
about waves of young people and youth coming into this place and this building at capacity, them experiencing the love and power of Jesus. The outcome of that promise, the fulfillment of that promise is represented by this watermelon. It's complete, it's whole, it's finished. How many know we're still in a process? We haven't fully seen everything that God has ordained for us in your life and in the life of this church. This is what this watermelon represents, is the promises of God over our life and over your life. How many know that the seeds of this watermelon, and I've actually got a packet of them here, the seeds of this watermelon, they actually look nothing like the watermelon. Have you ever thought about that? Wouldn't it be cool if the seeds were just little miniature versions of a watermelon? It would be easier. But as I was thinking about this, I thought, hang on, the seeds are actually nothing like the fruit. They look distinctly different. And oftentimes we pray and we believe for God to bring revival, which we should. We pray and we believe for God to bring thousands of people here to have influence, which we should. But oftentimes, His answer is in seed form. It's in seed form. And this morning, we're going to look at this scripture and look at this faithfulness to be faithful in what He has given us. Oftentimes we pray for healings, for miracles, people coming out of wheelchairs, all this incredible stuff, which we should. And sometimes he answers that prayer by calling us to prayer and fasting. It's a seed. We might pray for a business promotion And sometimes he answers us with an innovative idea. See, oftentimes the Lord answers in seed form. We're looking for the promotion. We're looking for the new business opportunity to land in our lap like this amazing watermelon could land in my lap. And oftentimes he answers us with a seed. You might be here and you might pray or believe God for a platform to influence hundreds of people and he answers by giving you a small group to run. Maybe you pray for financial abundance and he might ask you to sow generously. We see this principle all through the Bible. We see that this same principle at work We might be praying to kill giants and lead a nation. And the answer to that prayer is in seed form. And that's for us to look after the sheep and protect them from wild animals. We might be praying for 
to, to, to feed the multitudes of people. But sometimes he looks for the five loaves and the two fish. Oftentimes the way the Lord answers our prayer is in seed form. And how many know that we receive prof- prophetic insight and oftentimes in, in the past I used to think, hey, when someone delivers a prophetic word, it means that it's going to happen. But I'd like to propose this morning that a prophetic word is actually just an invitation to, to fulfill the purposes of God over your life or over our lives. And we do see in Scripture and we do know that God is sovereign. There is times when God is going to do something, he declares it, he's going to do something. It doesn't matter if you disagree with it or agree with it. It doesn't matter if you vote yes or no, it's going to happen. God is sovereign. But throughout scripture, more commonly we see that his plans and purposes are revealed. The prophetic declaration comes and what happens? He actually calls us into partnership with him through seed form, to see his purposes and the fulfillment of the promise. An example of this is that the scriptures say that God is not willing that any should perish. That means that the will of God is for no one to die and not be with God. I'm sure you would agree with me this morning that there's people that you know of that are perishing. It doesn't mean... God has changed his will. What it means is he's actually called us to partner with him to see people come to Christ as we co-labor and partner with God. We're going to read this passage in Luke chapter 19. But it's interesting the context of this passage. I believe that the people 2,000 years ago that were following Jesus before he said this parable, this story, were similar in a way to us in 2023. You see, they had been following Jesus. They had known the promise in the Old Testament that that, that God had promised that he would establish an everlasting kingdom on earth for Israel. The followers of Jesus were excited because they believed that at this moment that Jesus was going to set up his kingdom. There was going to be freedom from the Roman rule. And so the people were literally following Jesus. And as he approached Jerusalem, they started getting excited and anticipation about this new season that they were about to step into. It's a bit like the global church right now. We've seen the enemy do do ordinary things in the last couple of years. But how many know you don't need a, a spirit of discernment to know that God is moving and there's a fresh thing that the Lord is about to do? I believe we're about to see the greatest harvest of souls in the human history. 
And just like these people 2,000 years ago that were following Jesus, they knew that something was about to happen. They were anticipating something that was about to happen, that Jesus was about to set up his kingdom and finally to be free from the Roman rule. And at this moment, Jesus tells them a story. And this is the story. Verse 11. It says, while they were listening to this, he went on to tell them a parable. Because he was near Jerusalem and the people thought that the kingdom of God was going to appear at once or immediately. He said, a noble man, sorry, a, a man of noble birth went to a distant country to have himself appointed king and then return. So he called 10 of his servants and gave them 10 miners. A miner is a sum of money. He said, put this money to work until I come back. But his subjects hated him and sent a delegation after him to say, we don't want this man to be our king. He was made king, however, and returned home. Then he sent for his servants to whom he had given the money in order to find out what they had gained with it. The first one came and said, Sir, your miner has earned ten more. Well done, good servant, his master replied. Because you have been trustworthy in a very small matter, take charge of ten cities. The second came and said, Sir, your miner has earned five more. His master answered, You take charge of five cities. Then another servant came and said, Sir, here is your miner. I have kept it laid away in a piece of cloth. I was afraid of you because you're a hard man and you take out what you did not put in and reap what you do not sow. His master replied, I will judge you by your own words. You wicked servant, you knew, did you, that I am a hard man taking out what I did not put in and reaping what I did not sow. Why then didn't you put the money on deposit so that when I come back, I could have collected it with interest? Then he said to those standing by, take his miner away from him and give it to the one who has 10 miners. So they said, he already has 10. And he replied, I tell you that to everyone who has, more will be given. But as to the one who has nothing, even what they have will be taken away. This is a very interesting passage. Here we have Jesus who he's caught up in these crowds of people that are celebrating this brand new season, season that's about to unfold. Here the people believe that immediately, that's the key word, immediately, Jesus is going to set up his kingdom. And here Jesus tells them a story. In verse 12 in another translation it says, So he told them a story to change their perspective. They thought that it was going to be an immediate thing. They thought that the fruit was going to land in their lap automatically. The promise of the Messiah, the fulfillment of the promise. And here Jesus is and tells them this story, this parable. And it's interesting here that he says it's like a master who entrusts his servants with money. We know the story, one goes... Uh, sorry, the master goes away and he comes back. 
One of the servants invests it and gets 10 more. The other one invests it, gets five more. And there's one who, because he didn't understand what the master was really like, it caused him to have fear and do nothing with what he had. I want to point out this morning that the master gave all his servants seed. This is what they were given, seed. They weren't given the fulfillment of the promise because what the master, the, fulfill, the, 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 the promise or, or, or the will that the master had for his servants was actually that they would rule over cities. That was the fulfillment of the promise. But what they received that day was seeds. And how many know that some of them probably didn't realize what value they had? Some of them probably didn't even realize the value that the master had put in them, even with this little. And here we see that the master goes away and, and, and maybe they understood, but maybe they didn't. And for whatever reason, we read that there was at least one of these servants that because of fear decided to do nothing. Maybe this morning, as we read this passage, it's Jesus is telling us and encouraging us more than about money. He's talking, he is talking about finance, but it's our abilities. Maybe what he's entrusted us is, is our influence, our opportunities, our resources, our gifting, our position. These are all things that the Lord has entrusted us with. And mostly they come in seed form. And these servants didn't understand the value of what they had been entrusted with. Like I said, one of them, because of fear, did nothing with it. Maybe you're here and you say, well, I'm not fearful. Maybe it's pride. Maybe it's offense. Maybe there's a whole a, a range of other things why that sometimes we pull back and we don't put our seed to work. We don't put our resources. We don't put our abilities. We don't put our influence. We don't give back to the Lord a return on what he's given us. It's because we don't understand what we have. Because we think it's just seed. But the master looks at that and says, hey, it might be seed, but this is the way to rule over 10 cities. I would like to propose this morning that God puts a lot more value on us being faithful over the little things than we do. He puts so much value on the faithfulness of looking after and putting to work the seed that he's given us. I'm coming to an end shortly. That was a bit quicker than I even thought, so it means more time for lunch, which is amazing. 
I'm just going to ask the worship team if they can come up. God has entrusted us in seed form. I just want you to think for a moment, what has he entrusted to you? Maybe you're believing God. Maybe you're praying for the thousands to be saved. Maybe you're believing God and praying for, 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 for your influence to hundreds of people. And you should do that. But don't overlook the seeds and the opportunities that he's given to, you, to us right now. Because oftentimes the seed looks nothing like the end result, the fruit. King David, before he was king, he was anointed. I believe in that moment, that was a seed. He was anointed to be king. And at that moment, he could have said, hey, I'm destined to kill giants. I'm destined to lead a nation. But what did God give him? He gave him a seed that looked nothing like his promise. God had called him to lead a nation and he ends up back leading sheep. Sometimes we run away from the seed that God gives us, not knowing that it's the very way we get to the promise. There was David as a boy out in the wilderness looking after sheep. And because of his faithfulness, when no one else was watching, he was faithful to look after the sheep, to, to fight the wild animals that would come. It set him up to lead a nation when everyone was watching. You know, there's things that you'll do and faithful in the little things that no one else will see. But God does. The Master does. And He sees that. Don't underestimate the value of faithfulness to what He has called us to do. You know, sometimes... We can carry these bags of seed around. We can carry them in our pockets. And every time we come to Christian events, we pull them out because they're a good story. This prophetic word that I got five years ago, it was incredible. And we pull out a seed and we share it. That's awesome. Maybe there's another seed when David and Greta Peters were here and we pull out that seed and we share that. That's incredible. You're going to receive a lot of seeds in a few weeks' time when Alex is here. That will be incredible. But guess what? They're all useless unless you do something with them. A seed can never turn into this while it's in your pocket. It's only when you put it in the ground. It's only when you put it to work does it turn into fruit. 
And I believe the Lord is calling us in this season to not neglect the faithfulness in the small things. Because what about if, if He's ready to pour out His Spirit in this new way, just like there was a shift 2,000 years ago and people sensed there was a new season for them. And what He was telling His followers, His disciples 2,000 years ago was, hey, yeah, there's going to be an incredible kingdom, but guess what? We see the fulfillment of it by being faithful in the little things. And while they were expecting Jesus to come immediately and and this full-grown watermelon to land in their laps, he said, hang on, let's change your perspective here. We need to be faithful with the little. Let's not be people that walk around with pockets full of seeds. Maybe you're like, hey, I've only got one prophetic word. I've only got one thing that God has spoken to me. Put that to work because it'll reap a harvest. I love the encounters of God. I love the prophetic words. I love when I read scripture and passages come alive. I love when I'm just going around doing life and all of a sudden God births some desire in me and I know it's from God. But unless we put it to use, it just remains in seed form. Oftentimes people say, and, and, and I've said it myself, hey, when, I'm, when I get more money, I'll give. If you're not giving when you don't, have any, you'll never give when you have more. See, it's a principle of being faithful with the little things. And I believe the Lord is calling us to be faithful with the ones, the twos, the areas of influence, the people that we meet, whatever it is, maybe to some people it's insignificant, but to the master it's never insignificant. Because this is the pathway to more influence. It's the pathway of seeing just an overflow in our life. This morning, we're going to sing this song together again, Holy Forever. And just as you're even closing your eyes and communicating with the Lord right now, as we sing this song, if you're here and you're like, hey, or maybe I've held back on putting my seed to work and today's a day where I entrust my seed to the Master where I put it to work. Maybe you've got an incredible singing voice. Don't wait until you get an invitation to lead worship. Start leading worship at home with your kids, with your family, maybe just with your cat.
It doesn't matter. We have to start. We have to put these things that God has given us to work. If you feel the Lord stirring you this morning, would you just stand as we sing this song together? Maybe you just feel like, hey, I've got seeds in my, in, in my possession. And this morning, I make a decision to give them to Him, to put them to work, to see Him do incredible things as I'm faithful with the little. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I thank you for you just working on all our hearts. I pray this morning that as we be faithful with the little things, Lord, that you would increase and that that would be a great harvest. Lord, it wouldn't be for us, but it would be people that are still yet to know you. Why don't you stand this morning as we sing this song?